God's word is... Oof. A little chilly out this morning, eh? You warm enough? You know, I really appreciate you coming along while we, you know, we can talk while I get some stuff done. And I, I enjoy your company. You're nice and quiet. Oh, man. Yikes. Look at this lumber. Well, some of it's okay, I guess, but most of it's full of knots and bent. I really want to launch into an old man rant right now about how wood was so much more clear and straight when I was younger. But I've been getting that be patient with the nice old guy look now and then lately from young guys. That's a new one. And I'm not ready for that shit, so I'm learning to hold my tongue. Instead, I'm just going to say, the wood is what the wood is. And you know what? This would also be a great opportunity for me to suffer by my own complaining. And because I do not like suffering, I am resisting the urge to complain. My situation as it stands is this. There's a pile of lumber laid out in front of me from which I can pick out boards to use to make something. Or, more specifically to our task today, to fix something. That is what this is. I am here. Wood is here. I can do my job. Pretty good, right? All we had to do was hop in the car, drive 10 minutes, and here it is. Just think about how convenient that is. We are so lucky, you know. Land of plenty. Seize the day. Universal abundance and all that jazz, right? Right? But, with the slightest flick of my thinking, I can push myself off of that happy cloud and slide on down to misery. It's so quick and easy. In fact, at one point, I was really good at it. And through steady commitment to finding what flaws I saw in everything, I was able to suffer thoroughly and constantly. Here was my ammo. I look around, decide what parts of things should be different than they are, then reject all of it. From there, I asserted myself as a perpetual victim of incompetence or poor workmanship or bad attitudes like mine was so good or, or needless inconvenience or whatever else I thought I could spot. And somehow, in the midst of all this, I got the idea that I was being strong and powerful. I was watching, man, and I was not going to let the world put one over on me. I am no sucker. I'll show you. I'll let this ruin my entire day. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean when I say that the stage is set once again for me to go down that rabbit hole. Right here now, looking at this shitty wood. I could, let's say, start off by gnashing my teeth about big lumber companies and government forest mismanagement. While I'm there, it's only a short hop to corporate global exploitation and climate change. But wait a sec. How does any of this fix my kitchen cupboard? It does not, in fact, fix anyone's cupboard. It does not make an imperfect world any better. It just ruins the joy of a comfy flannel work shirt worn to the lumber yard on a Saturday morning, which I planned and looked forward to all week. All this over some raggedy tree from a rough part of the woods. By the time I'm finished venting, I'll barely have enough spirit left to drag the damn boards inside, drop them on the floor, and go to my room, hoping for a, a nicer day tomorrow. And now, please don't get me wrong. It's not like resource and climate issues and all that stuff aren't important. Of course they are. But all things in their place and time, and with appropriate budgets of energy. People like us can be so passionate about things, and it's so vital that we understand that. We've got to watch it and consciously manage what things we're going to actively protest about. All or nothing people have to pick and choose. Each of us only has so much peanut butter and an awful lot of bread to cover as it is. You know, all this reminds me of some history about this very lumberyard. Many years ago, back when wood was half decent, 
this lumber yard was just getting established and it was a lot more wide open and there was a guard shack right over there. They, they used to run the place so that customers would drive in, load up their materials. Then yard staff would come and tally it up on a sheet and you'd take that sheet inside and you'd pay, come back out, show your receipt and you'd leave. And that's where Kim fits into this story. Kim was the security guard at the gate and took the job seriously. Took it personally maybe made sure to look over every single item before opening the gate to let each customer out. Proud of the job and very professional. In fact, Kim was the only one on staff who looked forward to their inventory counts every six months because the audits showed off how little got out of the gate unpaid for. They were Kim's chance for a victory lap. And looking back, you know, that was where the whole problem set itself up right there. Since Kim was taking credit for the loss prevention, Kim would feel the blame for any loss. But there are always some things unaccounted for, you know. And sure, those are probably stolen. But very little of that happened here. Well below the shrinkage rate, you know, at other places like this. And still, Kim tried to improve on even that high standard of performance every day. But being human, Kim couldn't always be at work, you know, protecting the lumberyard. And if you look over there, you see that main road over there? That one we drove in from? Even back then, that road was always busy, day and night. So that whole side of the street was very visible and kind of safe from thieves. But see, on the other side, behind the big fence over there, you see the occasional car go down that lane to the back of those other businesses. That used to be just a gravel path into an empty mud lot surrounded by trees. That area was dimly lit and an easy setup to cut the chain link fence late at night and fill the truck up with materials. Or fill it a couple times because they got everything, the bags of soil, the cement, the biggest object, you know, that they left behind in that nearly empty yard was the curled up length of the chain link they'd cut out to drive the truck in. I actually saw Kim, myself, standing out there the next morning on my way to work. He was just motionless. A couple of customers were there too, standing back, probably wondering what to do. Kim was just staring at the twisted roll of chain link like he'd found a body or something. He didn't move the whole time I was watching, and then the light changed to green and I had to go. Anyway. It must have put him in a state of shock, I guess. Right after that, Kim's outlook and behavior were different toward people coming to buy lumber. Very untrusting atmosphere. You could say that Kim even became a little belligerent about the job. And let's remember, it's not the day-to-day -day customers who are going to be the ones who are responsible for that big theft. But they got the suspicious treatment all the same. Kim seemed to take the theft as a personal humiliation. And he was not going to let it happen again. So it was like Kim saw the threat of more theft everywhere, in everyone. And as I'm sure you might guess, people did not like to feel untrusted. They did not want Kim's shitty attitude killing their buzz about taking on projects in comfy work clothes. So people started migrating to other suppliers. Theft, that, well that was reduced to almost nil mind you, but sales declined too and it wasn't good. So Gus, the old guy who started up the business here, well, he was an understanding man, and he's, he's good at looking at his own contribution to problems, and, and he's able to understand what Kim's going through, and he decides, well, maybe it's time for him to upgrade the place a little, and as part of that, he could, he could add some security enhancements to help Kim do the job. Gus figured, you know, the world is getting a little more risky, and criminals seem like they're getting more common and certainly more bold. They should adjust with the times. So over the next year, I guess it was, they, they did all this upgrading and part of all that was a, a new really high, like heavy duty, super hard to cut fence. And they put up those 
cameras you see right now are everywhere inside the store and all around the yard here. There's one right there. Geez, I wish they cleaned those things. That bugs me. Anyway, to top it off, they even issued Kim a, a new top-end smartphone that could run a remote security app. You know, that you could you could watch the cameras anytime, anywhere, and, and he really got into that. He used to watch the cameras as he moved around the yard while he was at work. Oh, and they, they added these bright lights, too, uh, around the around the perimeter of the fence here. Tags on packaged items, sensors at the doors, the whole works. Security was really tightened up with the technology. And you would think that with all that new equipment working for them, a loss prevention manager, you know, Kim got a new title and a raise, might be able to relax and breathe again. But instead, Kim just doubled down, became even more determined to catch people stealing. Obsessive. It was like Kim had decided not to tolerate any theft at all. In a world with many thieves, Kim was at odds with the state of the world. There was no, no more joy, no satisfaction for Kim in the job anymore. Always weary, looking burdened. Suspicious eyes. Something was going to give eventually, you know. And in a while, it did. It came to light that Kim had gotten in the habit of watching his security cameras from home at night while off work. Not only that, but he was also starting to call out security services for stuff, like when it looked to him as though folks were lingering too long for his liking outside the, the yard fence. And it was continually turning out to be nothing significant, like maybe someone's dog on a leash sniffing around, or a few kids hanging out in the back lot. Harmless stuff like that. But the security call-out charges, they were getting really expensive, and Kim's wrist got slapped for costing the company more in a month than they'd ever lost in shrinkage. And all that on top of the sketched-out customers and the declining sales because they didn't want to shop there anymore. So Gus took Kim aside and said to settle down. And Kim said, okay. But instead, he just started responding to those non-events personally and in secret. Gus started to notice that Kim was tired all the time. He even found him sleeping at his desk one afternoon. And then, a little while after that, Gus told me he was trying to play back some video to trace the whereabouts of a delivery of materials and he searched AM instead of PM or something. There was Kim a couple of days previous wandering through the yard by himself at 3 AM. Now Gus could see that Kim was seriously troubled. He could not keep losing customers and he could not tolerate a burned out security manager roaming around the business in the middle of the night. So Gus had a heart to heart with Kim and suggested that maybe a new place of work would be better for him and a fresh start might be the best thing for everyone. And Kim, he actually took it pretty well, even gratefully, as I recall. Because Gus was willing to wait months for Kim to find something he might like better. And only then, once that happened, he looked for a replacement for Kim's position. He was really decent. And that's how they came to hire Amanda as manager of operations. So security is really just a part of the role for her. Hey, you know, you already met her. She was that nice lady we said hi to when we walked in, and she, she pointed out the fresh coffee. You'd never suspect someone as sweet as that would have one foot in the gritty world of loss prevention, would you? <laughs> and Amanda's been here about seven years now, and she's done great. The place is thriving. Old Gus, he's retired, and he says he's happy that she's taken the senior role in his place because she gets it. She knows what she's here for, what everybody's there for, to make a living and to help customers get their projects done. This place is about starting things, not stopping things. And don't get me wrong, Amanda's good at her job. She's making smart use of the security equipment she inherited. And she's introduced new procedures and store layouts and so on. 
But she knows there's only so much you can do about people with bad intentions. She knows that there are far more people with good intentions and that they are the reason she is there. There's a point at which it's better to let go of what you can't stop so you can get started on what you're here for in the first place. The world is full of good people and bad people and sometimes they even swap roles and none of that's going to change soon. But we have lives to live and things to do. It's not a poor reflection on us if someone betrays our trust. That's on them. And it's not our place to wring our hands about the general state of the world or to be critical of every little thing around us to the point where we're incapacitated. We listen for the alarms, sure. We keep our eyes open and we take our precautions. But we also keep our eyes on the prize. And that prize, to me, is doing my thing and feeling good while doing it and a good night's sleep while people's dogs are out sniffing fences. Speaking of dogs, this piece of wood looks like a hind leg. My God, how can they charge as much as they do for this crap nowadays? No, seriously, hear me out. There's a, there's a much bigger principle at stake.